Thanks for tuning in to the Living Grace in Today's World podcast, brought to you by Grace Bible Church in Georgetown, Texas. Our pastor, Dave Roberts, shares this message from the Bible about God's gift of grace and what it looks like to be people of grace in today's world. It is our prayer that you will see how different God's grace really is from everything else. Welcome to Living Grace in Today's World. Enjoy! Welcome and thanks for joining us today on uh, our podcast. My name is Dave Roberts. I'm pastor at Grace Bible Church in Georgetown, Texas, and this is the Living Grace in Today's World podcast. I'm uh, continuing on with my friend Evgeny Sologobenko from Moldova. He serves as pastor of Kishinev Bible Church and president of Moldova Bible Seminary. And uh, I've been traveling there for the last 18 years teaching in the seminary, so we have a long history of friendship. And so I'm just taking advantage of him being in town this week to record a few podcasts with him about interesting things that I think uh, are facing the Moldovan culture right now. As you know, if you've listened to these podcasts, one of my goals is to see how the church lives in a culture that is turning more and more hostile towards the church. I thought as I have Evgeny here today about um, the Moldovans uh, being so close to Ukraine in the war and uh, the infiltration of Russia into that. And how do Moldovans think of Russians today? Well, let's put it more concisely. How do Christians in Moldova live out a true Christian faith of grace when it comes to uh, such hostility from an enemy out there. And so maybe I'll just kind of open it up, uh, Evgeny, and you can just kind of talk to that and say, uh, what is the general climate in the church? Are Christians continuing to be Christian in light of the current conflict? The good news is that Jesus is the same yesterday and today, and he will forever be the same. And so he's giving us strength to be the, his body, to respond to the needs. Of course, the majority of the people that came into the country were the Ukrainian refugees. We had some of the Russians that were fleeing the mandatory draft that came into Moldova. There were some Russians who were living among us. I've got a couple of the people, a couple families probably, uh, several young people uh, with a Russian passport in our church. That was a very common passport to also hold by some Moldovans. I would basically say originally, when you were talking about the time of crisis, it was very hard to be objective. Mm -hmm. So I became a believer 30 years ago. I used to be a gang member. Mm -hmm. I used to swear a lot. Uh, in mm -hmm. fact, every other word was a swear word. My biggest achievements within the first several months of me being a believer that I only use profanity eight times in a conversation. And I remember everybody was like, oh, Eugene, you're doing good. But here is the deal. I've been a pastor for 18 years, the teaching pastor of the church. I've been in ministry for 25 years. And I thought that, you know, uh, grace changed me. God changed me. I'm not that same old Eugene that was the street uh, thug. Mm -hmm. And in the first couple of days of the war, in the first week of the war, I remembered a lot of that profanity. I have to say, I said a lot of that profanity. Mm -hmm. uh, I was afraid of the feelings that the flesh that was still there, mm -hmm. uh, it was deep. It was buried there. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, with some things that, you, you know, I, I felt like I've, I've overcome a lot of those issues. It's still there. And when the crisis came, 
it started jumping out. Mm -hmm. And so Moldovans have experienced that. Uh, the way I would describe it is the best thing was to just help the person in front of you mm -hmm. without thinking too much, without... Um, you, you just knew whoever got puts in front of you, you just helped that person. That's how we stayed sane for the first several months. Mm -hmm. But then people who were walking into my church and somebody just introduced me, this is my dad, he's from Russia. And uh, we looked with suspicion. Well, so what kind of Russian are you? Yeah. I mean, do you support what's going on? I've defriended some, f some people on my Facebook because I knew that when we were struggling and we were fighting for the lives of Ukrainians, and in some way we're fighting for our own lives. You know, we felt like this is going to be, we can be standing with Ukrainians uh, on the other borders trying to escape, uh, escape uh, the war, you know, within hours, if, if not days. But we found that Christ gives you grace when you're dealing with individuals, when you're dealing with a human soul. I think the secret is you don't dehumanize a person. Right. You know, so when you say Russians, it's just a big blur of, right. you know, chunk on the globe uh, of a red color or whatever right. color you, your globe put, puts Russia to be. Right. But when you have a human being standing in front of you and you realize that is a vulnerable person, it may be even a soldier of the opposing army. But some of those soldiers are not there because they've been called. Now, they're responsible here on Earth. So mm -hmm. if they pick up the gun and they shoot at innocent people... They are the invaders. They are not in their own land. I think that that was the struggle, I think, uh, that we started asking a question. Would we pick up the guns and fight to protect ourselves, to protect our families? And that was an answer, an answer that wasn't just a semantic, are we pacifist or not? You know, when, when, when you are faced with an existential issue, mm -hmm. are you going to pick up a, a gun and fight? You know, I'm not going to go fight to take over somebody else's land mm -hmm. or to prove somebody else's mm -hmm. legitimacy for whatever. Right. But if somebody is coming with a machine gun to kill my family, I had to be very honest. Yes, I would raise the weapon. Right. And would I shoot back? I would shoot to protect my family. And right. that's some of the things that we feel that Moldovan church was forced to answer. But it not, not as a hypothetical, but as right. something very real that may have to happen now or within hours. Right. So the church still continues to live in grace and we're constantly having to, to fall back on Christ, you know, and our new nature in Christ. Uh, I've actually had to come and, and, and teach on grace mm -hmm. and teach on hope, uh, especially during the crisis time. As we were working at the border, uh, I don't even know, like if you ask me how long it would take me to prepare sermons, I don't honestly tell you, not that long. Yeah. Because we just pretty much lived what we taught and we tried to right. address what we were experiencing. Right. It's a reminder, I think, to all of us that um, whether we admit it or not, we have bias in our life. We have things that we don't think exist, but when push comes to shove or when crisis occurs, there's some natural biases that I think we have to struggle with, especially when it comes to being people of grace. And um, the American church, uh, we have natural biases, I think, because we see things in our culture. It's sometimes uh, we demonize certain groups of people uh, that we consider sinful or that we consider unbiblical or anti-church. And so they become enemies rather than, like you said, these are individual people. These are souls that Jesus loves. And there is a, 
a call on the church for us to be Christ in their lives, to be that ambassador of the kingdom of God, that even when there is this kind of um, intense human struggle, that we can continue to remember that this world's not our home. We are to live and breathe and promote the Lord Jesus Christ to anybody that we see. Well, our struggle is not flesh and blood. That's the passage that started popping up in my mind. And here's the deal. You're fine arguing with an ideology. Sure. So when I look at the ideology of Russians as they're trying to erase Ukrainian people, and mm -hmm. by the way, I am Ukrainian, by mm -hmm. at least a quarter Ukrainian ethnically, and I studied in Ukrainian school, mm -hmm. uh, even though I live in Moldova. So I take it personally, you know, right. uh, I'm... Uh, also 5-8 Jewish, so the Nazis were trying to exterminate, you know, I guess part of my bloodline, mm -hmm. you know, in 20th century. Today, there is this desire to completely eradicate, uh, you know, Ukrainian uh, and, and Ukrainianism. Uh, and so I can definitely stand up against an, against an ideology like that. I can argue against it. I can speak harshly against it. Um, I can record videos against it. But when you've got a person standing in front of you, unless this person is pointing their machine gun at you or is trying to hurt you physically, we need to understand that it's not the struggle against flesh and blood. Right. It's the struggle for the soul of that person. Right. Now, because we are still living with the flesh, we still sometimes don't realize how deep it is. Right. And until the glorious day of, you know, us receiving new bodies, Lord right. willing, you know, that we would be changed while we're still alive. Right. But the deal is we understand that we have that temptation to identify with a local borders, uh, ethnicity, mm -hmm. uh, linguistic group, or even an ethical persuasion, which can be completely correct versus the other. To be honest, we all have prejudice. Yeah. But the whole thing is prejudice is that's flesh. Right. We need to understand that when we're dealing with the souls, the soul of a human being is completely separate from his other identities and ideologies he, he grew up in, or he was convinced that right. this is the way things are, or he's living because of the result of the sin that has entered the world, you know, 6,000 years ago. Right. Well, this is good. Uh, I appreciate so much uh, your willingness to explore these topics, uh, especially in light of what's going on, not only in Moldova, but what's going on in America. I mean, you come to America most every year, I think, and you kind of have a good feel for American culture. And sometimes it's good to, to see the American culture through foreign eyes. So when you come into our culture and you visit our churches here in America, what are the things that kind of stand out to you that if you could say uh, one or two things to the American church, you know, what are the kind of things that you might say? Well, yes, I've traveled to the States. I think my first visit was in 2000. So uh, I have not traveled every year for the first couple of years. But since 2003, I pretty much have been here every year except for the pandemic mm -hmm. when we had to make a pause. And so it's been several dozen times. I can definitely see that there is a change in the American church. If uh, originally I, would, I wanted to embrace the American church, embrace the American way, it was the desirable pattern if so many different ways, uh, I mean, obviously, there's always something peculiar to a specific individual congregation. I would say the biggest problem is identifying your political understanding, your geographical identity as an American, which I used to think was a positive. Identifying it with your Christian worldview. 
And um, one of the things that I find is that the church and Christians in general need to understand we are being fed a narrative mm-hmm. on all sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no objective mm-hmm. news other than the truth of the Word of God right. that needs to be expositional interpretation right. where you understand what the original author meant to say to the original audience and how that applies to us. We are being fed a narrative. And it doesn't matter what your pers- political persuasion is. Mm-hmm. You are being lied to. Mm-hmm. I, have, mm-hmm. I have heard lies on all the sides right. that I can put my finger on and say, this person has been lying to you this way, and this person has been lying to you that way. As Christians, I see American churches too much puts their Christian identity in line with their political uh, affiliation. Uh, yeah. That's one thing. Another thing is, and please don't take it personally, I feel that a lot of the churches have become self-absorbed. Mm. Uh, I mean, that has been and always uh, has always an issue, sure. but uh, a lot of the churches are thinking about how can we improve on what we got here, this good thing that we've got. Mm-hmm. How can we make it feel better? Mm-hmm. Uh, how 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 do we serve our community better? Mm-hmm. And even though it's good, it removes this idea of. We got a great commission, and great commission mm-hmm. includes mm-hmm. the idea of multiplication. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm speaking, of course, as somebody with a vision and with a, with a with an agenda, but I believe that multiplying disciples, multiplying leaders, and multiplying churches has to be part of a vibrant American church. That's so good. any church that focuses just on yourself is eventually doomed. I mean, I've right. seen, now, I've, like I said, I've traveled for over 23 years. I've right. seen churches grow and fall. Right. If they don't catch the idea is that we are not here for ourselves. We are right. here for the rest of this community. Right. But what that means is we have to be out there, reaching out the community there. Right. So this is would be the second area. Yeah. No, that's good. And it's good for us to hear your perspective coming in from the outside. And, and you are in a, a cultural environment in your church there in uh, Kishinev that... Uh, is very, um, I guess, for a better lack of a better way of saying it, entrepreneurial in its in its outlook towards planting churches, towards always seeing where's the next inroad into the community. How can we reach more people for Christ? And I think bringing that into the American church and speaking that into our lives is is very very helpful. And I appreciate that, Evgeny. I appreciate our friendship. I appreciate the the time that we spent over the years and. Uh, Look forward to many more years. And uh, when you come back, maybe we'll do a couple more podcasts and uh, talk a little bit more about these these issues and see where Moldova is at that time. But uh, again, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate those of you who are listening to us. Thank you for being here with us today. God bless you. We do hope that you've enjoyed this episode today. If you'd like to learn more about Grace Bible Church in Georgetown, Texas, please visit us at gbcgt.org. Many blessings from our church family to yours.